What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Lowe's knows you'll do it right and do it yourself to make refreshing changes to your kitchen and bath. We do it right, too, with up to 40% off select kitchen and bath essentials during the final days of our Refresh for Less kitchen and bath event. That's up to 40% off faucets, vanities, shower heads, and more. For kitchen and bath updates that keep you within budget, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 3-6. See store for details, U.S. only. Take the baseline out. Uh-huh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Hardwood Knox Podcast. My name is Dan Favalli, coming at you, as always, with my super-duper, incredibly esteemed, awesome times awesome, fantabulous, spectaculario, not only studying for the bar, but coming at you live from the Utah Summer League co-host, Andrew D. Bailey. We have so much to get to. I don't know if you've noticed, but some stuff maybe, possibly, potentially has happened in NBA free agency. Just before we dive into it all, I want to remind, implore, beg, plead with everyone to continue rating, reviewing, and subscribing to us on iTunes. We got a review in the other day that we read, and Andy and I cackled about it in the text message, so we are watching, and really, we do appreciate uh, seeing those ratings go up just to let us know that you are listening and with the changeover from blog talk to using Spreaker as our host site it's good to know that our podcast is continuing to get out there we should be able to be located anywhere you do get your podcast with the exception of Spotify as of right now iTunes is still the best way though to let us know that you're listening or you can sh- get at us on Twitter and just yell at us again we just we want to hear from you in some way and you can still get 15% off at the NBA Math Shop. That's mbamath.com slash shop. Promo code Benno, B-E-N-O, although you should know how to spell it if you've listened to this podcast ever. We do have to get that shirt idea in about something about kitties. I, I already forgot about what, what the, that was a great suggestion on Twitter. Do you remember it, Andy? It was something like just roll with the uh, kitties. LeBron and the kitties or something like and that. And let's roll. But it might, yeah. It might have to, his idea was it's got to be a dad shirt or something, and it might have to omit LeBron, go play with the kitties or something like that. I don't know. We, we could make it work. Too bad Father's Day already passed. That would have been perfect. Yeah. Um. So the question that everyone does want to know with everything that's happened in free agency, how the hell are you, Andy? I'm good. Um, I was handling Bleacher Report's live blog for – that what was it saturday night before free agency technically started um when Woj was like breaking free agent signings left and right a half an hour before they were supposed to be even possible (laughs) so that was fun and then i did it again yesterday during the boogie thing so it's certainly been a wild ride i don't i i've been doing like fairly heavy free agency coverage for bleacher report for four or five years now, I don't think we've ever had this much happen this fast. Do you remember this, like 
this much of an avalanche in the first couple of days? No, and it's weird because Woj was on TV saying right before him that he could see semi-major names kind of remaining on the open market into late July and early August, and it just doesn't appear like it's going to end up that way. I guess it would just depend on who we define as like semi-big names, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into this later. I mean, there's still some interesting guys left, but yeah, like LeBron's gone, Boogie is gone as of yesterday. Um Durant is gone. Well, though that one was kind of like a foregone conclusion anyway. So it, it, like I said, and like you just said, it's been crazy. Now we'll start with LeBron and we won't spend too much time on him or Boogie because I think that's been covered ad nauseum. And there are a couple yeah. of questions I wanted to ask you about him that people I don't think really have tackled. Just to start, you picked the Lakers. I am now 0 for 3 on his free agency decisions. I was feeling pretty good about my three major offseason predictions, which were Paul George stays in OKC, LeBron returns to Cleveland, and Kawhi either stays in San Antonio, ends up on Philly. But were you shocked that he, I'm still trying to grapple with the fact that he picked the Lakers because it's just, it's so not a basketball move. And the subsequent no. signings <laughs> especially now, kind of yeah. proved that. Were you surprised though that it came down so quickly, even knowing that the report said he wanted to make his decision quickly? I was floored. I was actually taking like a nap when it happened. Granted, it happened Sunday night, but my fiance woke me up and was like, I think I'm supposed to wake you up. And I was like, why? I wanted to get up <laughs> at 10 Eastern just to make sure I was on top of some free agency stuff. She goes, LeBron just signed. And I just popped up and I was like, what? It's July 1. <laughs> it was really fast. Um, and I think I had seen some rumblings from other people on Twitter that it was going to come down on Tuesday. So I was a little surprised that it happened on Sunday, but I mean, he had to have made up his mind long ago. It feels like, this and was even a done when there deal. was, they, it had to be, it was done. Yeah, even when there was rumblings that he might wait till Tuesday, my first thought when I saw that stuff was, why? He already knows where he's going, um, and I don't like, I don't have any inside sources on this stuff. It just seemed like there were so many signs uh, among the tea leaves here that it was just. It was obvious. And then the fact that he did it on the first day, just it, he had to have known that's where he was going to go a long time in advance. Maybe there was some major curveball that could have happened that would have changed his mind. If they had pulled off the miracle and beaten the warriors in the finals, maybe that would have changed his calculus a little bit. But I honestly think this decision has been made or at least close to made for months. And he just got to the point where he actually had to do it. And, uh, but he, he had already kind of crossed the bridge in my mind. Maybe there was a point at the very end of the season around the NBA Finals where he was trying to explore potential opt-in and trade scenarios, maybe with the Rockets. I don't know that they were ever on the table at all. There were reports that he didn't even like Houston as a city. I'm with you. I thought you were wrong when you said that he already knows what he's doing. And I was of the mind that maybe he had some idea, but that he would be pretty open-minded and see how the market laid. And I never would have guessed that he wanted to have been the first guy to board the Los Angeles Lakers bandwagon. Zach Lowe said to the contrary. There were a couple other people that said to the contrary. But I was just convinced that, and this isn't a shot at him, if he's securing his legacy enough that yeah. he is going to punt on a season or two or just his title window altogether and, and wave the white flag to the Warriors dynasty, fine. He's earned that right. There's also something enviable about him prioritizing his family in this, prioritizing his post-basketball ventures, 
And there's even something admirable about maybe him joining a Lakers team and not forcing them to trade all the kiddies like he did in Cleveland. And maybe to some extent he's learned from those win now windows in Miami and Cleveland, how fragile they can be. Because look at what happened to both those teams toward the end of everything. And if he, if the Lakers don't trade for Kawhi Leonard and, and they roll out Lonzo Ball and Kuzma and Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart and LeBron next year is just their nucleus. And if they start Lonzo Ball over Ray John Rondo, I'll have a ton of respect for that. But from my perspective, and this has nothing to do with LeBron James's character, I'm appreciably sad that the best player in the NBA is done making it to the NBA Finals every year. And that kind of leads me into my question. And if you have stuff to add to what I just said, great. Has LeBron made his last NBA Finals appearance? Oh, man. I think the safe answer is probably yes. He has already made his last Finals appearance. I don't, I don't feel super comfortable saying that, though. Because um, it's LeBron. It's LeBron, and I do think... That Kevin Durant's you know, over the Knicks just year, next year? Yeah, me too. <laughs> I do think that as well. But I've, I feel like I've been as um, tongue-in-cheek about all the post-LeBron signings that the Lakers have made as anyone. But it's pretty obvious what they're doing. It, everybody's being signed for one year, and so they'll have a shot at guys next summer too, even if they don't trade for Kawhi right now. Seems like a fairly good bet that he's going to come back. And now that's, I mean, obviously they just whiffed on that strategy with Paul George who went back to OKC. And that was, that was truly the stunner for me so far in this free agency with, I guess the exception of Boogie, just cause I don't think anybody saw that coming, but <clears throat> I think they can reasonably talk themselves into thinking that Kawhi is indeed going to be there next summer. And then you have two guys to kind of build around and <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if he does make another finals, but <laughs> He is in this absolute gauntlet is, is even an understatement of the Western Conference where the Warriors are going to be good at least next year. Um, I think even if Kevin Durant leaves and tries to go take over the Eastern Conference that's now devoid of any real title contenders, like maybe that's a slight to Boston, but um, the Warriors will still be good even if Kevin Durant leaves. There's teams that are on the rise in the West as well. I think Utah could be good for a little bit. I think Denver could be good in two or three years. Um, the balance of power is just so insanely <laughs> tipped in the West's favor that uh, it's, it's now going to be just insane for him to make the finals at this point in his career. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm with you there that he has made his last NBA finals appearance. And that's why this just seems like a lame move to me. It's not, again, I understand it. I'm not commenting on his character, but it just. Man. It would have been cool. I, there was a part of me that really wanted him to stay in the East just because I think it would have been cool for a player to be able to say, I made 10 straight NBA finals appearances. That's and that was something completely that, on the table. Oh, for sure. I, I think if he had stayed in the East, it was, it was going to be a given until the one year that he didn't make it. Um, those Celtics teams of like the 50s and 60s that won nine or ten titles or whatever it was, I always looked at that as something that was never, ever going to be even close to approached again. Because back then there was, I think for half of those years, there was like nine teams in the league 
And by the end of their run, there was something like 11 or 12 teams in the league. I, I could be off by one or two on both of those numbers. But that's a big part of why they were able to dominate, obviously, for so long. To make 10 straight finals, and, and even eight is crazy, um, but 10 is that nice round number. To make that many in a row in a league of 30 teams with as much talent as there is in the world right now, it's just... I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, Jordan was six for six in the finals. People love to bring that up. Kobe has five rings. Duncan has five rings. Eight straight finals appearances with three titles is just, that's mind-blowing. Yeah, it's, again, and I guess the counterpoint to everything we're saying is if he would have stayed in the East and made the 10 NBA finals, we're probably then talking about him having a, a three and eight record. Three and seven. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because he made one before the streak started, too. Lowe's knows you'll do it right and do it yourself to stay within budget when making updates to your bathroom. We do it right, too, by offering up to 20% off select toilets during the final days of our Refresh for Less kitchen and bath event. Step up your style even more with floor tiles starting at just 49 cents a square foot. For your next bath project, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 3-6. See store for details, U.S. only. Lowe's knows you'll do it right and do it yourself to stay within budget when making updates to your bathroom. We do it right, too, by offering up to 20% off select toilets during the final days of our Refresh for Less kitchen and bath event. Step up your style even more with floor tiles starting at just 49 cents a square foot. For your next bath project, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 3-6. See store for details, U.S. only. I forgot about that. It's um, go ahead. I, the other thing with this too, though, is their signings right now hurt them in the Kawhi Leonard trade sweepstakes because now they don't have they don't a have ton the cap of cap space, space. Yeah. and that was part of the appeal is that they don't have to send back equal money if the Spurs aren't willing to take on Luol Deng, and if I'm the Spurs, unless you're giving me everybody, I'm not taking. Yeah, back that's Luol, the only way you're taking the Deng contract, Luol Deng. Now you have to give up all your kitties anyway. And that puts them in this weird spot because, yes, you could just assume that Kawhi Leonard will come to you in 2019, and maybe he will. But we just saw what happened with Paul George. You said it. Having the year of that inside track on him mattered. The other issue is— The, the other thing is with that, though, is there was no fractured relationship between George and the Thunder at the start of their little one-year courtship. like. I, I don't I don't see how San Antonio repairs this Kawhi thing. It seems beyond broken to me. Here's but here's the other thing is that the Spurs, if the relationship is actually broken, the Spurs aren't going to keep him. He'll be I still think he could start the season with them, but if you look at the offers they're probably getting now, particularly with the Lakers, people are saying they've gained leverage by having LeBron and, and they kind of have. They're not operating on a LeBron won't come if we don't get Kawhi, obviously. At the same time, their offers now are going – they have to be curbed because of the salary situation they're in. They're not going to give up all of their all of their kids. And if they do, they're going to want to include Luol Deng in it as well. The, they'll, the Spurs will then move him towards the trade deadline. And, yes, it's a half-season rental potentially. The offers aren't going to get much worse because, theoretically, by that point, he'll have rehabilitated his on-court value. 
and people will know that, hey, this quad injury isn't lingering. I don't buy into him sitting out next year as a threat because good that, luck going out in free agency yeah. and getting a max money if you don't play for two seasons. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Is, that report um, was very interesting. If he does, that's like the nuclear option. And that, um, man, that opens up an interesting pre- precedent for like stars in the future. To just say, <laughs> I am, I am willfully not going to fulfill my end of this contract because I don't want to play for you. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy. And here's a- another thing here that I don't think we're talking about enough. Is there a ge- Leonard might be different, but is there a guarantee that stars want to continue to play with LeBron, Kyrie Irving? Already requested yeah, a trade from Cleveland. Paul George definitely part of this. Yeah, didn't even give the Lakers a meeting. And while there've <laughs> been People connected the dots between his agent, Aaron Mintz, and the dealings that the Lakers have had uh, with him in the past. You look at how the Julius Randle situation unfolded as well. It's uh, We're talking about next year, LeBron's going to be entering his age 35 season. How many guys want to tether what's left of their primes to his window? It's LeBron, so you want to bet on just his mystique, his cachet winning out. But we have to start thinking about his twilight and just the media scrutiny and attention that's going to come with with playing alongside him. And then you're joining him when he's two years out from free agency. So you have a year, basically, of a cushion before yeah. you're talking about an age 36 LeBron entering free agency and that whole media circus. These guys definitely talk with each other. So I wonder if in the last couple years it started to spread that, hey, he's, he's not super easy to play with. <laughs> it's very demanding. There's a ton of pressure. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe that is starting to be a thing in uh, player circles. The one quick note I want to make before I ask you the final question on LeBron, we need to remember, too, that the Lakers cap situation, it's not going to be – what it was this year, next year. I, I calculated it out, and if they don't add any long-term money, and it doesn't look like they're going to, aside from LeBron, and I caked in a mediocre first-round pick hold for them, plus minimum placeholders, they're going to have about $38 million in space if they stretch Luel Deng over his salary over three yeah. years. If you can At move least- him, then you start talking about, oh, you come closer to $45 million in room and maybe you can move his expiring contract a little bit easier. But that's one guy, and then you still have to reconcile a relatively shallow roster, and then whether you're going to keep the Ingrams and the Kuzma, and the Kuzma, like the young the young guys. Are you going to keep them, or are you going to parlay three of them into another star, in which case you're still shallow? And I think that's part of the reason why I also believe LeBron has made his last NBA Finals. Unless these guys what is- pop. Like Ingram and Ingram and Kuzma and Ball, if, unless two of those guys really explode over the next one to two years, I don't know that the Lakers are going to have the depth to contend with the Warriors or or perhaps even the Rockets, maybe even the Thunder. What does uh, Kawhi's max start at? His next one thirty. If he enters free agency, yeah, and that'll be on a hundred and nine million dollar cap. It's about $31 million, close to it. So I feel like the best approach would probably be to just 
sign him. Oh, I'm wrong. It's 32.7 is okay. his cap hold. I was I was looking for an approximation, so that's fine. Um, Our listeners sign demand him. exactitude. <laughs> sign him. Maybe sign like a decent shooter or something for you know whatever you have left. And I, you laid it out. I would hope that one, and if you're super lucky, two of those three young guys really like develops into a star. Um, that's how you get to contention in my mind. And maybe, maybe the guy who doesn't turn into a star is still a solid role player. I think Josh Hart could be a solid role player if they hold on to him. Um, really, I think one thing that this move signals is maybe he is willing to be patient, LeBron. Because it almost, it almost seems like they're just sort of punting <laughs> this year. They locked him up for more than one year, which is something that he never did. For Dan Gilbert. For Cleveland, yeah. And uh, so maybe he knows going in, we just we just kind of have to wait this season out, um, regardless of what happens. I mean, they're obviously – I don't want to say obviously. Uh, I do not think they're a title contender this year with Rajon Rondo and Lance Stevenson oh, and JaVale McGee. Um, so, yeah, maybe this is just his <laughs> – He's finally exercising a little bit of patience, which is interesting because it's it's now, you know, getting towards the end of his career, as crazy as that is to say about LeBron. I, it's it's hard to imagine him ever slowing down after what he just did this past season. But the, the KCP deal, I'm also okay with because now the Lakers. I'm fine with it. The, now the Lakers have paid him thirty million dollars over two years. You have his early bird rights. If he looks at this next year, and you want to, go, you're trying to maintain maximum cap flexibility. Remember. What if he signs for just something ridiculously low? Let's say four million, and then he's looking at this as a three-year, thirty-four yeah. million dollar deal. He re-enters free agency again in twenty twenty, and at that point, you have his full bird rights. That's it's a way also to add just a quality a, guy who, while getting other big names, yeah, and it's just a one-year deal right now. Um, Bill Simmons and Joe House were losing. I was listening to their pod this morning. They were losing their minds about how terrible Contavious Caldwell Pope is. Um, I still remain a, a Contavious Caldwell Pope fan. I, I think we've talked about him before, and I don't love him, but he's not bad. Um, he put up a a well above average box plus minus last season. I think he shot he shot thirty eight percent from three, a career high. He's he's most certainly an upgrade over J.R. Smith for LeBron James as far as shooting guards go. Like, he's somebody I could see being there beyond this season. Like you just said, maybe he's willing to sign for less as they start to put together the real team, uh, whether that's through trades this summer or back in free agency next summer. Is LeBron going to still be the best player in the league at the end of his contract? I don't care which one you use as a baseline. If he opts out after the third year or just at the end of the four years, if he's the still the best of, player in the league, he's probably opting out of the contract, actually. So that's yeah. that's the better baseline. At the end of three years, it'll be the end of his age 37 season? No, 36. Yeah. Um, I'll say no. Who is the best player in the NBA? Just because we haven't... Who's Who has ever been the best player in the league at age 36? I guess Michael? Yeah. I'm going to look up... I'm going to look up his age. Those last title runs in Chicago, his last title run in Chicago was his age 34 season. I didn't um, even realize he was that young. I thought he was older. 
Yeah, I thought he was a little bit older too. And even that year, age 34, he didn't lead the league. He didn't lead the league in any catch-all. Well, here's he le- he led the league the year before. His age 33 season, he led the league in offensive bucks plus minus win shares per 48. Um, I don't think we've ever seen somebody at age 36 be the best player in the league. And LeBron has made a career of <laughs> doing things that haven't been done before. So maybe, you know, maybe I should go with that and say he will be the best. But I'm going to say no. The best age 36 season we have ever seen in terms of catch-all metrics is clearly 1999 to 2000 Carl Malone he I was thinking about Malone actually yeah go ahead and he had good he has so if you filter on basketball reference these catch-all metrics by age 36 season or later he uh, owns the top VORP his age 36 season he owns the second best VORP age 37 season and the third best for age 39 season. Uh, <laughs> win shares per 48, he ranks first, his age 36 season. John Stockton ranks second, his age 37 season. Malone ranks third, his age 37 season. If you look at box plus minus, third, age 36 Malone ranks first, age 37 Malone ranks second, age 38 Tim Duncan ranks third. The And uh, just looking at the VORP, Carl Malone has the highest age 36 season or later VORP, and it was 6.6. LeBron has only finished below that for his career twice as a rookie. (laughs) And then in 2014, 2015, that was the year he missed all that time. So there's a chance that he could turn in the best age 36 season. That being said, Will he be the best player in the league at that point? It is really up up for debate because I, I honestly you'll have you'll have Giannis, Giannis coming ben up, Simmons, Ben Simmons, maybe Harden is still in the conversation at that point. Although he's is he thirty now? He's got to be in his late twenties. He's, he's barreling towards thirty, I believe. And um, then you have he's twenty eight. Jason Tatum. Kurt, I don't know if I can elevate him. Yet, although he came out a lot higher in some of the projections I've looked at than I expected. Um, yeah, there will definitely be guys. If he's not there. Luka Doncic. There's a lot of guys you could. <laughs> yes, let's put him there, please. Um, I feel like semi-confident saying he won't be the best player in the league at age 36, which is just crazy because anybody else, it's like you don't, you don't have to think about it for half a second. It's just clearly he's not going to be the best at 36 years old. I'm going to be contrarian and say yes, because he'll want to contend for more MVP awards if he's not going to contend for titles. Yeah. And I could just picture him going ape shit. If he, uh, if he does continue the final streak and gets to 10, with the last two being in the West, how do you still make the argument for Jordan? I guess just because he went six for six. Yeah, that's that, isn't that the argument now? Yeah, I mean, I, we're on the same side on this, so it's um, we maybe somebody else could give me a better argument for Jordan, but I just I feel like he's clearly overtaken him. Speaking of, did you see the goat project that came out today? Oh yeah, sure I was. Did. I did not work on the formulas behind that, but I was I was privy to it. 
very excited um, when it, it released. The the lead that LeBron has over everyone else, you know, by at this point in history is just huge. There are his sustained top of the league level play is just truly insane. Um, we did have some other free agents though. Do we want to talk about anybody else? Yeah, I was gonna quick do you have quick thoughts on the boogie stuff? The jokes are great. Even my tweet that had a typo that continues to do numbers that, <laughs> that is sad because I used you are instead of your. Are you it happens to the best of us. If you yeah, I don't even care. There have been people who have pointed it out, but it's like it's Twitter and I don't use like I'm all lowercase and basically non-punctuation anyway, but I do hate when there's a, a grammatical error in a tweet that starts to do numbers. <laughs> anyway, after letting it settle for a day, boogie at the taxpayer mid-level exception, do you tend to tilt toward this may not be as consequential when looking at the Warriors' makeup as it just seems on paper because of his Achilles injury, because we know he probably won't play until 2019? Yeah, I kind of thought that from the moment the deal came out. There was initial shock when I got the notification from Woj. I actually like kind of smacked the guy on press row next to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just like a random reaction. I, I couldn't believe what I saw just because, like I said earlier, nobody expected that. Having said that, um, and I, I tweeted out something like this this morning. He's not going to play till January or February, like you said. Even if he is fully healthy, Golden State has one of the reasons they've been so dominant is they're so willing to play small. Um, and if he's coming off an Achilles and he's not ready till January or February, I can't imagine him playing more than what, like 25 minutes a game for the yeah. Warriors. And I think, I still think there are going to be a lot of games in the playoffs where he doesn't close because that's just not the way that golden state has closed during this dominant, dominant run that they have. I do think he will help the Warriors. Um, I do think that this is a, it's kind of funny. We talked about in the mailbag, the last episode we did, is Dwight Howard enough of a problem to mess with the Warriors chemistry? And then they go out and get DeMarcus Cousins. I, I don't think he's going to crater their locker room. I, I think they're probably strong enough to withstand that, especially if it's only just a year. Um, I think he will help. I don't think it has like ended this the game of basketball as we know it, like so many other people are sort of uh, reacting. It's more important or pivotal to DeMarcus Cousins himself than the Warriors or the NBA in general. Yeah, because, I think he just needs to rehab his value and go get a bigger deal next summer. And it's interesting that he chose the Warriors to do that because of all the things you just laid out. It, it's weird that you're betting on yourself fine by taking the taxpayers mid-level, and you're only going on 28, so you could talk yourself into it. He might be pretty good coming back from injury. Wesley Matthews was fine. For, the, for most of his Dallas Mavericks eh. tenure until his leg injury. He lost something, but he was, when you look at Achilles' injury returns. Like, yeah, he was able to stay on the floor for the most part. Yeah. I don't think he was the same player he was in Portland, though. No, he wasn't. But that you're ne you never are. Yeah. It's weird to do it as the number four or five option, though, on a team. That probably isn't going to have you close too many games. The only way I can justify it is this. If he's not going to return until January, February, signing with the Warriors ensures he'll have a chance to play into June, which gives him a larger post-recovery sample. The Warriors yeah. are also a team that will blow a ton of other teams out 
and so you might get more playing time by default in garbage time. And then garbage time buggy. If they win a championship with you playing, let's say he even averages 15 minutes per game in the playoffs, 20 minutes, 18 minutes per game in the playoffs. If they win a championship with you actively helping them, that helps your stock more than it would a Nick Young, a JaVel McGee, just because those guys are past yeah. their peaks. And that, that to me, is really the only potential benefit I see there for him. Objectively speaking, though, if you wanted to rehabilitate his, your value, you'd go to some place where you're going to play a more prominent role. But he seems to kind of be trying to cross his T's and dot his I's here, saying, look, I can help a team win, and I yeah. want to get the largest sample of that possible because I know I'm not going to be available until January, February. And maybe it's as much about I can help within a good team structure and culture as, you know, rehabbing your value in terms of just putting up numbers is one thing. Uh, everybody knows DeMarcus Cousins can put up numbers. And he's still going to want to do that post-Achilles. But I think the bigger question with him is still the off-court stuff and the, the flare-ups on the court as well. So if he can at least semi-control that stuff in, in Golden State, that'll help him. Although. I just said I do think that they're strong enough to withstand this, but we've talked about, <laughs> I guess for lack of a better term, Kevin Durant's fragility over the course of the last couple years in Golden State. I, there is an outside chance that all these huge personalities in Golden State do come. Lowe's knows you'll do it right and do it yourself to make refreshing changes to your kitchen and bath. We do it right, too, with up to 40% off select kitchen and bath essentials during the final days of our Refresh for Less kitchen and bath event. That's up to 40% off faucets, vanities, shower heads, and more. For kitchen and bath updates that keep you within budget, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 3-6. See store for details, U.S. only. Have some problems. Durant, Draymond, Boogie. It helps that their best player is like the most selfless guy maybe ever in terms of superstars and Stephen Curry. But there, I, I, like I said, I don't think this will happen, but I think there is a chance that there will be chemistry issues. I, I think there's a chance as well. It's, it's probably more inconsequential than not, though, as you laid out. Yeah, at the I agree. For the entire NBA. It's just the initial just report of it, though, that was wild. That was just... I was shocked. Yeah. Now, in looking at free agents who are left, anyone that kind of stands out to you? And I'm hoping you start with Clint Capella. Um, <laughs> he's he's the best one left, but the thing with him is he's not going anywhere. If I there, okay, There's no situation where Houston doesn't match at this point, right? Hear me out, though, because he tweeted a sad face or an upside-down face, right? Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, if you were, which suggests that maybe he's not happy with their initial offer or just what's happening in free agency. It was like a, a sign face. And oh, I, no, it's a sad face. <laughs> I just looked it up. Yeah, Was that in response to Ariza, or was that like well after Ariza? 4.51 p.m., that was after Ariza. Yeah, that's well after. Yeah. Ariza was one of those Saturday night ones. That was How about Phoenix getting Trevor Ariza? That's not a bad deal for them. <laughs> just get one year of Ariza. Yeah, it doesn't really do anything for me. I think it hurts Phoenix more. Or, I mean, it hurts uh, Houston more well, than anything. Well, you weakened a Western Conference contender. You got a nice veteran. 
and he's he's going to help you. They might actually have some perimeter defenders next year. I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team. I also love about Trevor Reza, and I tweeted this when he signed. He's always had this mercenary vibe in free agency. When he left uh, Washington for Houston, I think when he even left the Lakers in the first place, I don't think they traded him, did he? But he's always had that just mercenary vibe in free agency. And Go get yours, man. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. I, I love seeing Same guys here. like that. He has his title. He won it during his age 23 season with Los and He Angeles. was big for those Lakers teams. Yeah. Or team. I don't so, even know if it was more than yeah, one year. He left the Lakers for the Rockets, and then he left the, the Wizards for the Rockets. Or was he traded? Oh, he was traded to the Rockets in 2014. I forgot about that. But he's always had the mercenary vibe to me, and that's – and he almost that. universally helps. Like every, every one of these stops, he's been a plus. Oh, yeah, 100%. But for Clint Capella, if I'm Atlanta, I'm throwing max money at him. Because I, here, here are the two scenarios. Either the Rockets match, in which case you've kind of just messed with their cap sheet a little bit. Or they don't, and you end up with a Clint Capella, John Collins front court, which is a pretty damn good front court and Capella's young yeah. enough to where he still fits your timeline. That's what I'm doing if I'm Atlanta because you obviously want to maintain your cap flexibility to take back bad contracts. At the same time, it's not every day that you can get a, a guy in restricted free agency on the level of Capella and you probably won't even get him. You're just tying up cap space for a little bit until Houston matches. I can't imagine the Rockets let him go after already losing Trevor Ariza we don't know what's going to happen with Bob Moot. He's another interesting free agent. They really can't afford to lose him after losing Ariza, in my opinion. Um, who else has cap space besides the Hawks at this point? The I've K- been kind of like following it on Spot Track, but I the Kings and sure. the Bulls have cap space. The Pacers have some. That's about it. Brooklyn, they, Brooklyn can get some, but probably won't. Philly also. Sorry, I, I forgot about them. They have more than they can get to more than twenty million if they stretch Bayless and renounce Amir Johnson. They could also get a lot more if they're able to trade Bayless. Atlanta seems like that would be the team that would maybe do it, like you just said. I that can see the does. Kings talking themselves into it and then just punting the thing on about Scal and Willie Collins. Yeah, I guess. But they've got. I think they also have pretty high hopes for the Giles Bagley combo. It they didn't have. work with Scal and Willie Colestein. Let's let's try it again with these other two guys. Well, objectively speaking, they shouldn't be offering any money to Bigs. But they're a team that I could yeah. see just coming out of left field doing it. The Bulls yeah. shouldn't because you have Laurie Markin and Wendell Carter. And, yeah, and um, are the Bulls like a destination? I I hate to do the hometown thing, but are they going to throw some of that cap space at Jabari Parker? What the hell is Jabari Parker going to get? You had Randall. I don't know, man. It's getting. And then you had Aaron Gordon at four years and 84 million, which if I'm Orlando, I already have buyer's remorse for. Where was he getting? Even if he did get it, is there a problem in letting him set his own market? Um, I don't think so. I, there is one school of thought that says the, the restricted free agent will always kind of hold that against the incumbent team four years down the line. They'll remember you made me go out and get my own deal. So now I'm going to stick it to you. I'm not sure how real that is in practice. Three or four years is a long time. And I think you can do plenty to, I mean, if there is a rift over that, I think you can fix it. 
within that amount of time. So I think I agree with you. I, I probably would have let him go and get a deal because there, there was just, and still is, there's just so little out there. Um, and worst case scenarios, you end up matching a four year max, which isn't that much more than the money you no. gave him. Best case and scenario, think, you save a ton of money, which I would hazard that they would him have. out. Nobody clear. I, <laughs> if if he signed that deal that quickly, the market for him was not a max. There, he's not giving yeah, Orlando a discount. It's just. <laughs> um, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder what'll happen with Jabari too. Do do we want to like wrap up Capella? I think he's just going to go back to the Rockets. I do too. But if you were Atlanta, wouldn't you just throw him the max at this point? It's kind yeah. Of I mean, a they've got for nothing you. else going at this point, um, and maybe they're going to be a player for a lot of the names. <laughs> That we'll talk about. I feel like with Jabari, he'll is he just going to end up playing for the qualifying offer in I'm, Milwaukee? I'm not going to rule out a sign and trade. The Bucks, I'm assuming, have already hard capped themselves with the Ursan Eliasova deal, so their plan is yeah. to remain under the tax. And if you have Ursan Eliasova, I'm not saying he's better than Jabari. That was Parker. another slightly surprising move, by the way. Mike Bunholzer must really love him. Surprised they didn't sign Bellinelli too, but. <laughs> that was an overpay by the Spurs. I don't think you needed to give Bellinelli $6 million a year. No. Somebody somebody tweeted out right after that, um, two years, $12 million for Bellinelli, and you wonder why Kawhi Leonard <laughs> wants to leave. I mean, yeah, The Spurs have made some questionable free agency decisions over the past couple The years. last two or three years have been weird. That Pau Gasol contract Awful. still looks Rudy very Gay bad. Is whatever. You gave him, you resigned him using non-bird rights for a year. I'm fine with that. Yeah. The Bellinelli deal, the Pau Gasol deal. I'm not mad about the Patty Mills deal. It's not the best contract, but I that's stomachable. Extending LaMarcus Aldridge was wild. I know he just had a great season. But yeah. Now, now you're locked into him at big money for the next two years before he's partially guaranteed. They could uh, – if Kawhi Leonard doesn't play there next year, I think that's the probably number one team you look at to fall out and make room for the Lakers. Yeah, for sure. Especially if he, if Kawhi Leonard is then sent to the Lakers. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, oh, but back to Jabari. I don't, I was going to say, do you have any ideas where he might go? If it is a sign in trade for Jabari, Utah's out now because they re-signed Derek favors. Yep. And I, <laughs> I'm no reporter, but I was sniffing around in the tunnels and somebody told me that it's, that he was never seriously considered by Utah. Nor should he have been, as I told you many, many <laughs> times. Is that not, it, did that not happen? <laughs> no, it happened a bunch of times. Um, and it was exactly for the reasons you talked about. His his defense leaves a lot to be desired. desired. And somebody, <laughs> I, always, I always talk about other people's tweets without giving them credit. Um, somebody said, is Jabari Parker just the Mormon Carmelo Anthony? yesterday on twitter oh my god so, <laughs> so i did like the uh i looked at both of them through their first four years and Melo's overall impact was quite a bit better but their offensive numbers were like pretty strikingly similar um so that was that was interesting i don't think he's going to the jazz either that that one's out i don't i don't really know where else that would be that would be a terrible decision by them at this point after signing Derek oh Favors. yeah they're they're uh it looks like they're almost certainly going to run it back next year. There might be like a tiny, like maybe Jarebko doesn't go come back or some other guy that was like the 10th or 11th 
type of man, but for the most part, it's going to be the same team. It would be, I'm interested to see what happens with Dante Exum there, but they could still get, they could party crash some, some negotiations with their mid-level exception too. That's true. And there are some guys still out there who are going to have to take that at this point. Wayne Ellington on that team, could you imagine? You shouldn't give him the full MLE, but I'm just saying he would be fun. He would be good, yeah. Jazz should actually be looking at trading for Kyle Korver right now with LeBron out of Cleveland. Or Kevin Love. I haven't given up on that pipe dream either. With Derek Favors still there? Yeah, that's. it seems a lot less likely with Favors now. Mid-season, all, all maybe. Stuff kind of, yeah, maybe. The other thing about uh, we didn't like officially jump over to Derek Favors, but I don't think that deals. We just don't want to talk about Jabari. I think that's, that's pretty clear. <laughs> There was some initial sticker shock with two years, thirty-six million for Favors, but it's non-guaranteed in year two. He is took a fully, below market. Is it fully non-guaranteed? By the way, I never looked into that. I think so. I haven't heard anything else on it. Then um, that's a win. Yeah, I mean, it's basically a one-year contract. You you still have forty-plus million in cap space next year. You go into next summer with forty-plus million in cap space. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. Uh, I, I think you're a player for somebody like Chris Middleton or, or some of those other like tier two free agents that'll be I out there. I wouldn't love Jimmy Butler either if he doesn't sign an extension in Minnesota. People will have him going to LA, maybe Philly if they still have cap space then, but I could see Jimmy Butler being smart enough to sign with the Jazz. I, I would be. <laughs> I think I'd I just joined a that. Utah Jazz fan <laughs> yeah. by saying that. Um, that was one of the funny things about that review was. Sometimes I think Dan likes the jazz more than Andy or something like that. I thought it was great because he's like, I have no idea where Dan's basketball <laughs> loyalties lie. Which is good. That's a that's a compliment for somebody who writes about the NBA. Yeah, I'll take it. I'm clearly a closet jazz fan, though. I think Jabari plays for Milwaukee on the qualifying offer. On the qualifying offer? Who wow. else is going to... I just don't think – I think he's going to convince himself. You don't even think he's trying to broker a one-year deal with them for his cap hold or something? How, what's the difference between those? I guess that – yeah. I mean, it's huge. It's, what I, is his cap hold? His cap hold is – where is Milwaukee? His, Jabari Parker's cap hold is $20.3 million. Oh, my gosh. That would, would, that would, would put him into the tax, though, right? They are in the tax as of right now when you factor in Ilyasova's deal, but there are things they could do to get under it. Although, it'd, I think be, it'd be hard to get under if they were paying Jamari $20 million, though, right? They're at 132 with him at $20 million about, maybe 133 You have to get So they'd have the to apron, unload like 10 About $5 million. You'd have to get under the apron, which is 129 this year. Oh, I thought projected. it was 123 for some reason. Uh, that's the luxury tax. The apron is $6 million above, I think, the projection okay. is. Uh, and there are things you can do to get under it. But I will say this, to your point, that they used their mid-level on Ersan Ilyasova does signal that maybe they're not willing to pay Jabari Park in his cap hold and that he would be more likely to play on his qualifying offer. I'm going to throw out a couple sign-and-trade destinations for you, though, and All let right. me know what you think. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets. They're they're like the reclamation uh, team the last couple years. Who they would have they a ton send of back? Expiring, if I'm Milwaukee, I want the Mari Carroll as part of that deal. He would help. They're probably I, not going to give I you like one of their one. young players, but you don't. I don't think you can ask for one of the, their young Who players. Who did they have? Starting at the four at the end of last season, was that Hollis Jefferson or was he playing the three? 
they had they had a bunch of different stuff. Rondé Hollis Jefferson played a lot of four. You had Quincy AC as well. Uh, I like that. Jabari next to a pretty good rim protector and Jared Allen. You just kind of let give him some free reign on offense, kind of like they did with D'Angelo Russell. You're one for one. Um, I, that might be the only one I have, though. Is <laughs> is, is, is the problem? Uh, I'm because I'm looking yeah, at all these. It's teams. hard to find destinations for him. There might be some fits, but with teams having to worry about the tax, what about what about Charlotte? How do they make it happen? They have to stay under the tax, but as of right now, they're there. You could build something around Michael K. Gilchrist and a filler deal. Maybe Marvin Williams. That would be like... Uh, or Jeremy Lamb and Marvin Williams for Jabari Parker. Who did the Bucks trade to get Tony Snell to the Bulls? Was that Carter Williams? Yeah, that was a fantastic trade. <laughs> that reminds me of that one a little bit. Because Carter Williams obviously had like the bigger cachet and, and name value, but Tony Snell was just objectively better for the Bucks. Jabari Parker for Michael Kidd Gilchrist kind of feels like that to me. What uh, about Marvin he Williams? He certainly and Jeremy doesn't Lamb? help with your spacing issues, though. Jabari Parker was, doesn't help with your oh for Milwaukee. No, KJ. That's why Jeremy Gilchrist. Lamb and Marvin Williams. That would be. I think that one does objectively help. The here's, an, here's another team, the Heat. Yeah, he's interesting there too. Spolster would probably play him at the five. <laughs> would you do this? Would the this the salaries don't match up perfectly? But if you you were to build something around Hassan Whiteside and then Justice Winslow, if you're Milwaukee, would you consider that? You have to send uh, out more salary depending on how much. Jabari's making because you yourself have to stay under the tax. Seems like they're pretty high on justice still. They shouldn't be. Who? Carry on. Yeah, I, I'm not really either. I, I think you probably just answered my question. Who would you rather have in a vacuum between Winslow and Jabari? Ooh, I'd probably rather have Winslow. I'm so low I on think I would defense. Too. And I think he has, like, I think he's shown hints of some playmaking chops too, which is. I think that's huge for wing forwards these days. That's pretty, I think that, whether it's the qualifying offer or not, I think Jabari plays for the Bucks this year, and he's a free agent again next summer. That's probably the most likely what, outcome. Because I'm out whatever of that deal looks like. I'm out of teams. I like that Nets one though. The Nets would be an interesting destination. I don't know if they want to get wrapped up in an injury-prone player just when they're about to get their draft picks back and they're set up for dual maxes yeah, next year. That's true. He could be on a one-year deal there, too, though. It's like, I, I think by the end of this, there's going to be way more one-year deals than anything else from this summer. Tyreek Evans, another guy who's available, has a meeting with Indiana as we're recording. Pacers. He, he just ends up there, you think? Um, I, no, I like, was actually just saying what you just said, oh. that he's going to meet with the Pacers. He would How be much interesting there if he's healthy. Have? I guess would they use their mid-level on him? Yeah, they have at least that, but they can open up more after they waved out Jefferson. I believe they have more. I think he's interesting there, too. If he stays um, healthy, he can kind of play the Will Barton role. Yeah, he was a, he was fantastic for the Grizzlies last year. And I don't think 
it was more them tanking than him being unhealthy, right? Him not playing. Yeah, when there they, there wasn't really, kept, yeah, it didn't seem like there were any real injuries. So, uh, and if, I I guess he's had injury problems before last season, so that's probably oh, that's still the, worth when he was in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, I like him in Indiana. Um, he's one that might be interesting for Utah's mid level. We've talked about them needing like a second shot creator, yeah. straight up scorer. Yeah, and I think he would help. With that, I don't know if he's. I think he might freelance a little bit, not a little bit, probably a lot too much for Quinn Snyder's liking. He likes guys to like be constantly moving the ball, and he's he gave he gave uh, Donovan Mitchell more leeway with that than anyone else I've seen in Utah since Snyder's been there, um, which makes sense because I think Mitchell's pretty special at it and has a chance to be really good. Um, so I think he might like make some theoretical sense. In Utah, I don't think I don't think that's where he ends up, though. If I had to guess, I'm just going to go with Indiana, just because that's the only <laughs> that's the only report we have about him so far. It's going to be hysterical when he leaves Memphis after they didn't trade him. Yeah. All right, I'm going to name uh, some of the top free agents left, and I want to see if you can give me predictions for him. All right, let's do it. Marcus Smart, restricted. Uh, one year in Boston. Signs his qualifying offer. You think? Um. Or do you think they're going to give him, try and overpay him for a year and then maybe use him as a salary anchor in a trade? I'll take the latter. That's interesting. They, they, we've talked about that too. They need like some salary matching. Stuff. They need salary ballast, but I don't know who they're going to go out there and trade for. If, I guess Kawhi at mid-season. Kawhi is still there. Maybe yeah, if like, things are go horribly wrong in new orleans this season maybe they make the godfather offer for anthony davis I, I just feel like they're always in play for trades but i for right now i'll say boston also Giannis said he would never leave milwaukee for la he didn't say anything about boston <laughs> good call isaiah thomas or new york your beloved knicks who are going to sign kevin durant next year when they have durant and Giannis playing the four or five whoo and, and Porzingis coming off the bench. The only thing that I think people need to realize is that the Knicks' salary cap situation in 2019-2020 is not spectacular. You have Porzingis' hold, if you don't sign him to an extension. Joakim Noah is in the last year of his deal, 19.3. You can stretch that, but I'm not of the mind. That, that is stunning that he will still be on the books. But to have, but, and the thing is, is, yes, you can stretch him, but that's not like... Having him on the books at six point four million dollars yeah, a year—that's not—that's more than the taxpayers' mid-level. You're also paying Tim Hardaway Jr. for another two years. Courtney Lee will be in the final year of his deal. Lance Thomas is not guaranteed. Uh, you can get Ron Baker. You can have cap space, but you need to—they actually need to wash money off their books. This can't be a stretch situation. And stretching Jokino is only acceptable if you've managed to wipe Tim Hardaway Jr.'s deal completely off the books. So I just think people need to remember that. Anyway, Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> oh, geez. I have no clue on that one. I saw something. I think it was Alex Kennedy tweeted that he followed the magic. I could see him going there and just chucking up 20 shots a game. They do need a point expense. guard. So does Phoenix could probably still use a point guard, but he's not going back to Phoenix. No way. Yeah. Um, what about as a backup in Denver? Uh, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Jameer Nelson. 
worked pretty well there a couple of years ago is the the undersized backup point guard. So maybe Isaiah Thomas could do that. Um, I, I think Jameer Nelson was a little bit better of like a system type guy than Isaiah Thomas would be. I'm, I'm envisioning him just being a pure catch and shoot guy with Jokic, and that's pretty enticing. I just don't know if he'll accept that. I feel like he's going to try and commandeer possessions maybe too much, but that is an interesting idea. He would be a, if he makes the Demarcus Cousins play and signs with the Rockets for the minimum, playing under Mike. That Antoni. would be interesting too. He's he's a guy who could legitimately end up at the minimum too. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, D'Antoni has certainly done a lot for a lot of point guards <laughs> over the course of his career. If he's a guy who who just takes like the 15 backup guard minutes as like the third guard in that rotation with Harden and Paul. That is kind of interesting. It's kind of sad. He went from the Brinks truck to this. Yeah, I can't even name other destinations for him, really. The Miami Heat, if they were willing to give him... If he's going to end up at the minimum, you could put him anywhere, but they need more shot creation outside of Goran Dragic. And if they don't believe that Tyler Johnson or Deion Waiters is the answer, Thomas is interesting. Um, they have an awful lot of money wrapped up in Tyler Johnson and Deion Waiters. Spoiler alert, Deion Waiters is not the answer. No, he is not. <laughs> that was another hot take by Joe House today. Deion Waiters is better than Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. That is a terrible take. <laughs> okay, um, who else do we have? Um, let's go up. We already did Jabari. Zach Levine. That one's got to be Chicago, although his his emoji tweet was hilarious too. You saw that one, I'm sure. I did not. Um, I think it was Fredell tweeted something oh, about. Oh, I, I did see that about his value, and then he responded. Yeah, he responded with like the crying, laughing emojis to the like theoretical amount that Chicago might offer him. So maybe those negotiations aren't going great either. Who is I'm going see four if he, years? He and still has that tweet up. Who is going four years? And I know the Kings were mentioned, but that seems like a leak from Levine's camp. He never deleted that tweet. The Hawks from, would be nuts from to June give 30th. him that money. Could you imagine the defense of a backcourt that features him and Trey Young? My God! <laughs> Did you watch Trey Young yesterday? I saw his two air balls. If that counts as watching, um, he looked a little bit better on defense than I thought he would. He, he was pretty good at staying in front of guys for the most part. Those like thirty-five foot pull-ups were just um, crazy to watch. He he had absolutely no fear, and he'd shoot those air balls and whip around like, "Dang it, I should have made that." Um, I, I'm sure it'll look better as we progress through this one in Las Vegas. But last night was a tough one for him. I, I just think Levine's going back to Chicago. I don't. Think, I don't I think know he's where else. Sign a long-term deal with Chicago. Because of his injuries, I don't know that he can really bet on himself. Let me. I'm going to go back to that Fredell tweet. Um, if he can get four and sixty, in my opinion, he should jump on. Four it. and sixty is what Fredell said, and I think he should be ecstatic with that. Yeah, offer. he should be very happy with that. Kyle there's Ant- no way he's getting that somewhere else. Kyle Anderson is the next one I have, and I think I would actually have him above. I would above Zach Levine. He's aren't in any particular order. My prediction for Kyle Anderson. I'm going to offer my prediction on this one. He's going to sign 
a fairly large one-year deal with the Spurs, maybe even a one-plus-one. He'll be one of the big value gets of this summer. I don't think a lot of people, like, they still don't realize how good he is. This doesn't technically count because he has to finalize his buyout with Brooklyn, but where's Dwight Howard going? Lakers. That would be, he wants to play with LeBron James for a fourth. That would be hysterical. Yeah, if they... (laughs) If they go from that Bleacher Report tweet that had LeBron, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard saying who's beating this team to LeBron, Rondo, Lance, JaVale, and Dwight, it's going to be a comical season. All those guys are going to be gone next summer, you would think, but it'll still be a funny one-year run for that particular squad. Oh, I'm 100% with you there. It would be better if he went to the Warriors – and that would be the ultimate culture move. Dwight I, and DeMarcus Cousins, same locker room. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty – I felt like that was a decent – there was a decent chance of that one happening before the Cousins signing. I think Dwight's going to end up in Portland for some reason. Interesting. What about Nurkic? That was Let's, my next one for you. So you don't think he's going back to Portland? Unless he my signs a qualifying with, offer. Yeah. With how little cap space – there is. I. It just like it's hard for me to pick anything but the incumbent team with any of these guys. No, I totally understand. But I mean, there. Don't. I mean, the Clippers have their mid level to throw around. He would all of a sudden be interesting. How about? There. How about the Clippers signing Avery Bradley for two years, twenty five million? They're gonna have some really interesting mid season trade chips. You look at it. Patrick Beverly's expiring deal. You're gonna have Lou Williams. His trade restriction lifts. In August, and then Avery Bradley, you can trade December fifteenth or whatever it is. Was is the second year of that deal for Bradley guaranteed? I believe so. Do you know? I believe so. I thought that deal was just objectively terrible. Really? I think it's fine on a two-year basis. He was so bad. And I'm going to add Tobias Harris's final year of his deal to their uh, midseason trade assets. They're going to be an interesting team to watch next season at the trade deadline. You know what I was thinking the other day in relation to Avery Bradley? Um, I think you're you're right. By the way, there's uh, they do have some very very interesting trade chips. Maybe they could be a player in some of these trade discussions as well. Um, somebody should come up with a metric for how much a coach influences a player's numbers. I don't know if there's enough data because it would be so hard to call like. What did this guy look for? Look like under this coach as opposed to after and before. But the Brad Stevens effect on a lot of current NBA players is just insane. That's fair. Every Bradley had like two objectively good statistical seasons, and they were both with Brad Stevens. And now he's like, I feel like he's just universally accepted as this solid shooting guard and maybe he is maybe i'm not giving him enough credit but Evan Turner <laughs> i just I, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah that's another one um jake crowder i think the jury's still out on him a little bit but he was certainly to this point his best years were in boston Until next um, year when he's hoisting that barry o'brien trophy in utah i'm trying to think of where we even started this discussion and how I got to Avery Bradley. Was you it were trying to figure out, Yeah, you were trying to figure out. <laughs> the, and I said the Clippers would be really interesting. Um, 
I, I'm just going to say he goes back to Portland. I think that's perfectly fair. He's clearly not going to Dallas anymore. We we do know that. Atlanta, maybe they throw him some money. They already have Deadman, but they might be able to do some experimentation there. Uh, I'm going to move on to the next name, though. Wayne Ellington. Um, the Heat are absolutely this fucked is gonna be, if they let him go. That's not. I'm not even overstating. I was going to say this is this is going to be so boring because I'm just picking <clears throat> the incumbent over and over. But I think he's going back to Miami too. I I actually agree with you there. Not that that should be a surprise. Luke Vamut. There was um, James Herbert over at CBS Sports had the best idea that the Warriors should try using their taxpayers' mid level to sign him because he's a good fit for them, and you wound the Rockets in the process. That yeah. really isn't happening, but interesting. That would have been smart. I, he seems like a minimum candidate to stay with the Rockets. Man, if they get him at the minimum again? Isn't that what he just played for? Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to He's He's worth more than he's the minimum. He's good. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with you there. Now here's I, – I think he's going to go back to the Rockets too, even if it cuts into their taxpayers' mid-level just because – Well, now that they, they, lost that they don't have a reason, yeah, they yeah. could probably justify paying him a little bit more. And I don't th- – if he ends up playing, like starting in the Ariza role, I'm not sure they lose. I, I think Ariza obviously helped them a lot, but I, I think Mbamute can replicate a lot of what he did. It just starts he does, He actually can probably do more off the bounce than Ariza at full strength, but you lose Ariza's by far the more reliable shooter. Yeah, and then you have you have Gerald Green coming off the bench instead of Mbob Mute. That's where it really becomes a problem. <laughs> that is true. Here is my favorite one: Rodney Hood. All restricted. All of a sudden, <laughs> super interesting without LeBron in Cleveland anymore. Oh, jeez. Chicago. You don't. You think they're going to break there? We're not going to sign free agents rule. Rodney Hood and Zach Levine on the same team. All the junkie pull up two pointers. <laughs> yeah, uh, they would have to. Levine is going to take whatever cap space they have, right? No, he's with. They would the, still have some more. They with his cap hold, they have more than uh, twenty million dollars in room right now. And I guess they should hold. probably. They should be one of those teams that's trying to gear up for 2019, too. So strike that. I'm not saying Chicago. I was just trying to think of... I'm not convinced <laughs> wanna... Sacramento won't throw money at him. Oh, that's interesting. I yeah. want to take at least one of these guys to go somewhere other than the team they're already on. If you're Cleveland, though, and you talk yourself into being competitive in the East next year, you keep Rodney Hood. Yeah, and it sounds like they're, at least right now, thinking about that. Would he start at the three for them? Yeah, absolutely. It seems the, like he would have he's to. He's the perfect LeBron replacement. <laughs> oh, man. that's um, It's not quite as good as my Dwight Howard Ekpe Udo comparison last episode, but that's up there. I'm going to say Rodney um, Hood to Sacramento. That's my prediction. Or Cleveland. Right, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to leave because if they don't want to win. I'm going to stick with my uh, I'm gonna stick with my trend and say Cleveland. I, oh, go ahead. I'm trying what's to Cleveland starting? What's Cleveland's starting lineup next year? Well, if they if so, they keep that, I rated it them would as be, the worst team in the East because they if they start the season with George Hill, Kevin Love, and Kyle Korver on the roster, they failed. I agree. They need to blow they it up. They need to blow it sure. up. I, if you have to keep Jordan Clarkson's deal, I get it. If you have to keep J.R. Smith's deal, 
Although he could probably still get you some bad money in a prospect back because he's only partially guaranteed next year. Same with George Hill. I just, it's. If they start the season with George Hill, J.R. Smith, Rodney Hood, Kevin Love, and Tristan Thompson. Here's their starting lineup right could, now. It would be George Hill. They could Hill. make the playoffs in the East with that group, I guess. George Hill, J.R. Smith, Hood, Kevin Love, Thompson, yeah. And then you have Sexton coming off the bench. You could keep Corver, too. Corver would be miserable. Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> oh, that's sad. That's no. We need to move on. Yeah, well, we need to blow Montrez that up. Montrez restricted. I think Clippers. he still goes back to the Clippers. That's an easy one. Yeah. And Luke I Lopez. think uh, Harold was really good with the Clippers. I think, but I think the Lakers should try to keep Lopez too. At the minimum, like I guess they've already used their room exception. They have like five million in cap space left. I guess that would be enough to keep him. Yeah, who else is paying him five million? That's fair. He's an interesting pick and pop guy with LeBron to me. Imagine if the Rockets are like "fuck you, Capella," and we'll just use that Brooke Lopez as a <laughs> pick and pop guy. Yeah, um, that would be interesting. Although. It would be a poor decision, but yeah, there's he's not, not switching anything get. on defense. <laughs> no, Capella was so good last season. What he, about Dante Exum? Ooh, what about? Oh, I was actually going to say, what about as a Brook Lopez destination, Indiana? You have Miles Turner, Thad Young, and Sabonis, but you got rid of Al Jefferson. You don't really have a backup five unless you think Sabonis is your backup five. But Brook Lopez is another pick and pop guy. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Milwaukee was mostly their backup five last year, though. Yeah, that's true. But you could probably get you're probably closer to playing Brooke Lopez and Miles Turner together than Sabonis and Turner together. That was a defensive nightmare. Yeah, or an offensive. They've also got to carve out. They got to carve out minutes for Doug McDermott somewhere. I would think. Otherwise, why are you? Oh, I forgot they signed him. He should be playing some small ball four too. Never mind. Never mind. Milwaukee would have been good before the Ursan Eliasova signing. I'm saying I'm saying a pretty small deal to go to the Lakers for one year. Maybe Philly, if they don't really believe in Rachon Holmes and they're gonna renounce Amir Johnson. Portland too. Portland would be a great fit. Yeah, especially if they don't have Nurkic. Yeah. Uh Dante Exum, I think, is going back to the Jazz, if you want to move on to him. Washington, too. too. Sorry, I forgot about them. They could. They actually need a big. Unless you consider Jason For Smith. For Lopez? Yeah, Jason Smith, I guess, could be a five, but you lost Mike Scott. You traded Marcin Gortat. Didn't they trade Rivers there to play the five? Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe him and then uh, Ty Lawson will play some five as well. <laughs> Dante actually uh, might have Jazz. I have him going back to the Jazz, too, and probably for like a pretty team-friendly deal. One other guy that's interesting to me, Tony Parker. Spurs. Where's he going? He's just gonna Yeah, is he just gonna play for this like minimum, I guess? Although if he goes back to the Spurs, yeah, he's not. He shouldn't be getting more than that. If he goes back to the Spurs, that makes the Leonard situation even more interesting because by all reports <laughs> Leonard was pissed about his comments, which Yeah. It's um, I said this on a pod, the pod that I did or the half pod I did with uh Haley O'Shaughnessy from the ringer that Tony Parker is Subtly, one of the worst teammates of all time. <laughs> Say that again. You cut out for a second. Tony Parker is subtly one of the worst teammates of all time. One of the worst teammates of all time. He remember there was the, the whole. The ever- gods don't want you to say that because it's cut out twice. But I know exactly what you mean. Okay. Um, uh, I 
I, I couldn't agree more. There, there is more than one instance of Tony Parker doing beyond shady stuff with teammates. Um, can I, I want to, can I just throw names at you and I just want rapid fire predictions. I don't even want an explanation. Do it. There are so many names. I'm so interested. Kavon Looney. Uh, stays with the Warriors. Kylo Quinn. Oh man. I really wanted him to go to the Warriors. Me too. But that's obviously He's probably out. actually a better fit for them than Cousins. <laughs> he would have been perfect there. And he's, he can play. That's one thing that helps. Um, I guess the Knicks. <laughs> okay. Dwayne Wade. I just don't know. Like, this, That's what's so weird about this summer is the teams that have cap space – they shouldn't even want good players right now. I feel like I'm ruining your life right now. I love it. <laughs> Don't you think, though? Oh, I'm 100% with you. Like, every one of those teams should want to be bad next season. Dwayne Wade, I'll say, stays with Miami. You don't think he retires or tries to join LeBron in L.A.? No, I think they did the late, like, the twilight of your career thing in Cleveland. And, yeah. and they were actually pretty good together there. I don't think people realize how well they played together in Cleveland. Carmelo Anthony's a future Laker, right? <laughs> Seems like it's headed that way. I don't think it'll happen this year, though. You know, That's a team that... If I'm him, I give back between... I give back $7.9 million or up to $10 million to the Thunder and then just go play with Braun. And maybe the Lakers give yeah, him $5 he million like in a really... space, and it offsets it even more. If he accepts a really nice buyout, then yeah. I don't think he's a stretch candidate. No, they shouldn't. Um, you should not want nine-plus million dollars on your books for the next three no, years. No, especially with how far over the cap they already are. Yeah. I would. I get I would it saves just, you a ton of money this year, but I'm more like just swallow the pill. Yeah, I, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Bite the bullet this year and have more flexibility in the future. But yeah, if he accepts like a super-friendly buyout, then then that certainly makes him a – an option for Shabazz, the Lakers. Shabazz Napier, now an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, jeez. Um, I'll say Orlando. Orlando would be interesting. He played there once. Phoenix maybe even, perhaps? Yeah, those are the two teams that still need a point guard. And he was pretty good in Portland, especially the first half of the season. He was really good. Oh, yeah. No, he was he was really good. Oh, Bielitsa, because he's not going back to the Timberwolves now. And it's just it's hysterical to me that Minnesota entered entered the offseason needing wings and shooting, and they but they needed wings and they signed Anthony Tolliver yeah. and Derrick Rose. Anthony Tolliver was good last year. He doesn't fill a need. You could at least talk yourself. I'm not saying in a good way, but Bielitsa could at least play some three. Anthony Tolliver should not spend any minutes at small forward, and neither should Bielitsa. Let me be clear. But you could at least try it and not look ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I heard from two different people who may or may not know anything <laughs> last night. One of, them, on one of them said there's no chance the Jazz signed Bielitsa. I don't know where that came from. And the other one said Bielitsa is an option to replace Jarebko. And it's like the Jazz are the only team I've heard any whisperings about Bielitsa for. Um, so I'll say I don't I don't think he's gonna end up there either. I don't know where I don't I have no idea where he's going. Fair enough. I don't know that I can Do you have an idea for him? 
he's like a four or five. The Jazz would make some sense, but they didn't. They didn't release Drebko, did they? Did I miss that somehow? No, they have until I think they have until July 9th. Oh, he's the late um, non-guarantee. Yeah, it's Jarebko and Udo both have that date. They already guaranteed Cephalosha, so he's back. But I, I think there's a chance that one of those two guys is gone, and I would probably lean Jarebko if I had to say one. Yeah, that's probably Which fair. would open up maybe some minutes as a stretch for Jarebko didn't play a ton for Utah, but I think he still played in the majority of their games this season. He played in 74 games. Um, maybe the, 15 minutes. Maybe the Lakers after losing Julius Randle. There were so many guys like this that would have made more sense than the guys they signed. Lance Stevenson at the room exception is objectively one of the worst moves of the offseason. It's so bad. <laughs> um, yeah, that's 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 all I got on him. I'll say I'll Maybe say the, the Nets. Jazz for Bielitsa just to have a prediction. I, I the Nit, the Nets could also get involved there. People were upset that they didn't get involved on the Julius Randle sweepstakes. They're not the same player, obviously, but they could use some help at the four. Oh, here's a good one, Jamal Crawford. Uh, Lakers, Warriors at the minimum. <laughs> I could see that too, for sure. Oh, this, this I can't believe I let him slide so far down my list. James Ennis. Did he he finished with the Pistons, right? I should they, know that. They have his early bird rights. Yeah. I'll say I'll say the Pistons. That's probably the smart way to go. I can't see there's teams with cap space. I can't see you're gonna offer. What did he shoot from three last year? Well, look at the teams he played for last year. That's almost not even fair. He shot like thirty four percent. Well, I was his career percentage is almost 36. I was going to say Detroit should probably want to keep him because I, I think they need as much shooting as possible right now. They should. He shot 30.4% in Detroit, 33.3% overall for the season. That's a number that can come up if you put any sort of spacing around him. Yeah, I say he stays in Detroit. I don't have a better destination than that just because the teams with cap space. If the Nets wanted to use him as a small ball four, that'd be interesting, but he doesn't really fit their timeline. Or he's not someone you're going to give a multi-year contract to if you're them. The Pacers would be interesting for him, even if they signed Tyreek Evans. Yeah, they've got to find a lot of minutes for Bojan Bogdanovic, Doug McDermott, Tyreek Evans, uh, hypothetically. I guess maybe if they don't sign Tyreek. Ennis would be the better defensive option. Yeah, that's probably true. Man, the Timberwolves really could have used Ennis, but they spent that money on Tyreek. I'll move on. Oh, Aaron Baines. He went to the Celtics. Oh, did he resign? I missed that. Yeah. Um, by the way, you saw the brawl, right? The Australia. I mean, we've talked about this yeah. in text. I don't even have to ask you. Andre did Blash you see the video, though? His own teammate. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> um, one of the tweets that got a great many uh, of the fine people of the Philippines upset with me was <laughs> just imagine if Aaron Baines and Andrew Bogut had been there. It seems like that fight never would have happened, right? Or at least it wouldn't have escalated to that point. No, it wouldn't have. Not even close. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, I won't spend any more time on that than this, but Filipino basketball fans loved me. Like three or four years ago, I gained like thousands of followers because I just loved live tweeting their games. And now I think they're turning on me. So I got to get back in their good graces. <laughs> You'll have to try really hard. 
Wow, yeah. there's still some other free agents that are tough to. We, I think we probably need to stop. But you just look, Vince Carter. He should just end up in Toronto, in my opinion. Channing Fry. Greg Monroe, he's still out there. So do you remember like a couple weeks ago when I asked how many guys do you think are just going to be like phased out of the NBA by the fact that there's no cap space this summer? Yeah. I think that's going to happen. Like maybe not necessarily with a guy like Greg Monroe, but there are going to be a lot of guys who've been in the league last season and maybe for a few years who might not get deals this summer. Like who's paying Channing Fry? Well, you're not gonna, but for the minimum, is just like someone who can shoot threes at the five. The Lakers need him back. He should probably just go back to the Lakers. Yeah, he could do what I was just saying. Or the Wizards do. That's true. The Wizards at the minimum would be good for him. Greg Monroe is tougher to place. Maybe that's the more likely outcome. Is is a bunch of guys just start signing for the minimum? Yeah, Greg Monroe could maybe be back up in Philly, your third or fourth big. Um. I mean, it's it's tough to find homes for these guys. Jaleel Okafor. Where's Jaleel Okafor going I, to go? I just uh, scrolled past him, too. He's I, I can't imagine who's going to pay him. He needs to just go to the Spurs. They need extra bigs. <laughs> I, I guess they just lost uh, Joffrey Laverne. That's a big loss. He went, but you could, he I went mean, back is overseas. Is Okafor getting more than the minimum? He's not. None of the teams in no. the place are signing him. The Hawks could use a center, so. but man, defense with Trey Young and then Okafor, and then you sign Zach Levine. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Did Michael Carter Williams sign? I saw a report about him somewhere, and I can't even remember which team it was. He was meeting with the Rockets, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Someone, I think it was Alec Nathan, a Bleach Report quote tweeted on, on purpose with a question mark. That's pretty good. My first thought was. Maybe he can give you like a little bit of the defensive stuff that Trevor Ariza did, but the minus on the other end of the ball is just massive. Well, maybe under D'Antoni, he fixes his shot. <laughs> Moral of the story. I'm not th- sure. I was going to say, I'm, I'm scrolling through this list of free agents, and there's nobody else who's really jumping out to me. Look, all that ma- Dante Cunningham jumps out to me. Lucas Nagara, Bebe Nagara, he jumps out to me. Michael Beasley, where's that dude going to end up? Beasley's got to go to the Lakers. For teams that just need buckets, he needs to go to the Jazz. Oh, man, I would love it. You know what? That's going to test your Michael Beasley loyalty. (laughs) Yeah. He has, for a long time, been one of my sentimental all-stars. I I have a feeling Quinn Snyder might not love his style either. No, you think? (laughs) I would love to see Bebe Nagara in San Antonio if he was going to end up. I don't know if Toronto actually wants to keep him, but if he ends up just signing for nothing, I'd like to see him there. Yeah, he would make sense there. He's a guy that's been like the advanced numbers just adore him over the last few seasons. There are, there are names that I'm geeking at. Like Yogi Ferrell, where is he going to end up? He'll probably stay in Dallas. Didn't uh, he? I thought he already. Oh, did he? How did I miss all these signings? I, I could be wrong. You're probably right because I knew I saw something about him, but maybe not. They extended a qualifying offer. Yeah, they and okay. then they rescinded uh, McDermott's, but not his. Travion Graham needs to go somewhere. Say it again. You cut out again. Travion Graham. Yeah, 
He's legitimately um, good. We said Amir Johnson already. Trevor Booker. Though, is that a guy that's going to be impacted by what's been happening? Davis Bertans. He probably goes back to San Antonio. What's going on with Patrick McCaw? Is he a free agent? Restricted, I believe. Yeah, I, I he, maybe he goes back to the Warriors because these, these guys aren't going to have – there aren't teams with cap space. There are just so many names that I think are interesting. But I think I, I think we've I think we've spent enough time kind of breaking it's, everybody down. My awkward silence over the last few minutes. Um, I told – Dan, before we even started, that I have terrible Wi-Fi in this Marriott. And I, I always stay in Marriott because my wife's uncle works for Marriott. And we get like a friends and family discount. I've never had this happen before. I was trying to work last night and I got a message that said, there's too many people using the Wi-Fi right now. <laughs> um, so that was fun. It continues to be an issue today. But I we still got through... 90 minutes of free agency talk. I think we have hit more free agents than I've heard anybody else in a podcast hit, which is not surprising because we're just so amazing at this. If there's anybody else uh, that you think we missed and you want to talk to us about, as always, you can find us on Twitter. Dan's at Dan Favale, F-A-V-A-L-E. I'm at Andrew D. Bailey. The show's at Hardwood Knox. The sponsor is at NBA underscore math and as dan said at the top of the show be sure to leave a rating uh subscribe to the show if you haven't already write a review like he said we love reading those it's it's still kind of crazy to me sometimes to look at the reviews and like see the nice things that (laughs) people say about me i think it's it's just cool that you guys actually take the time to listen to our basketball opinions it's it's really cool so keep those coming as well and until next time we leave you with the shout out to Ben Oudry and Kyle Anderson. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Root Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.